Hello NRL fans, welcome back to the NRL Rewind Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another Super Coach positional preview. We're going through today with the hookers, the number nines. One of the most interesting groups this year in terms of who do we think is actually going to be in the right position to succeed? Because as we look through this list, I've got 20 names here. I think all 20 have something to prove this year. I think there's some guys that are in positions to potentially succeed and maybe some that are actually going to take that next level up and jump into that premier tier that we always talk about with these hookers. So let's jump straight into it, guys. We've got four tiers for the hookers this year. So we'll start from number 20 all the way through to number one. So this first group is from 20 to 13. So we've got Sonny Luke, Jacob Little, Corey Pakes, Chris Randall, Connor Watson, Aaron Clark, Mitch Kenny, and Tom Starling. So we'll quickly run through this group. Uh, so Sonny Luke is all about if he's going to get some time. We can bunch him here with Mitch Kenny here. So Sonny Luke, I think, is going to be the hooker next season. I think he'll be the starting hooker. I think he'll be ready by then. I think Mitch Kenny is a placeholder. Now, I think a lot of people will go higher Mitch Kenny. I do think it will be very much a bit of a, let's try and inject Sonny Luke as much as we can. So I'm not too bullish on Mitch Kenny this year. I think he'll be a decent wave of play, but I think he will be overdrafted in some league. So he could potentially, you know, get that 70 to 80 minutes a game and, you know, be really, really good. But for me, I think Sonny Luke's actually probably the biggest stash and especially leading to the end of the season, potentially as they go into finals, a little weapon off the bench could be what they need there. Jacob Little obviously being the starting number nine now. Sullivan I had originally there, but with the Teletella Moan situation, I think uh, Jacob Little will get the bulk work there, so I think he'll be a very good one to just have as a waiver play. Uh, and, you know, he's probably too highly priced right now for Classic, uh, so you're probably not going to start with him. Same with Corey Pakes. I think that while Billy Walters is still there, potentially them two will be splitting time to see who the best player is there. Chris Randall, Aaron Clark, and not a player I have on here, Sam Verrills. You can bunch any of those number nines together, probably throw Tanner Boyd in there as well. Just who knows with this number nine. You know, a lot of people do things with Sam Verrills. You know, that swap deal for Chris Randall just shows you that they thought number nine is a solution. Sam Verrills often injured. So Chris Randall could get a go, but we have seen him get extended of runs at the Knights. Not fantastic. Not going to make you a bunch of cash. Not going to win you a, a matchup. So I think Chris Randall is probably a stay away. Aaron Clark, if he does move into lock, is interesting. Um, but his price is probably already where he's going to be. Connor Watson, you've obviously got Brandon Smith there, but you do also now have Jake Turpin who could potentially fill in for a backup number nine. So Watson's probably more of that roaming forward, maybe 30 minutes a game. Don't really see any value there. Potentially from a draft perspective, we're looking at maybe a couple of matchup plays, you know, if the cheese is out, but I'm not really high. And then the guy at the top of this list is Tom Starling. I was going to put him in the next tier, but I do think Zach Wolford, um, you saw that kind of Wolford starts the game, brings Starling on, or vice versa. I think it could be very similar this year. If we do see that Tom Starling does start getting some lots of minutes on the park, then I'm I'm willing to, you know, move him up on my list. But for right now, I think Ricky Stewart has found that Zach Wolford is someone who can take the sting out of the game early. We did see him come on as the season progressed and he was able to get a little bit more aggressive out of dummy half. Uh, so Tom Starling, look, there's no George Hodson there, but Zach Wolford, I think he's a good youngster coming through that they will want to give game time to. So that's the first tier. Again, 
a lot of waivers, guys you're probably not going to have in Classic and guys that is dependent on who's going to get that starting jersey or how much minutes is distributed. Let's go to the second tier. Well, four guys in this group from 12 to 9, Wade Egan, Lachlan Croker, Josh Hodgson, Jerry Marshall King. So with Wade Egan, we saw last year, you know, he is the undisputed number nine. He can fill up in a pinch in the halves as well. Played a bit of 5'8 last year. To me, just a solid option. I think if you got him, you know, if you're in a 12-man league, you know, he's the 12th hooker that goes. You could get him very late in the draft. I think it's a good pick. Uh, he will do you a job there. Lachlan Croker, you know, we've seen, you know, the fire new situation looks like it's now done. He's probably not going to come back. That was always what we were kind of waiting for there. They've never really filled up the position behind him, so I think he's the undisputed. Again, another good option for draft in a deep league, but in classic, you're probably not going to go with him depending on how the Manly Seagulls go this year. Josh Hodgson for me is the one where I'm really interested to see how he goes because if you've heard the podcast about the missing piece, uh, I think that there is a real chance that he's going to be dynamic in this Parramatta team. I think what Reed Marnie offered versus what Josh Hodgson offers Obviously, this is all predicated on him staying fit. If he can stay on the park, I think his combinations through the middle with guys like Campbell Gillard, Junior Paolo, Marty Tapao, uh, Ryan Madison, all those type of guys I think can really feed off him. And then even like someone like Glenn Gutherson, I think them two can have a really nice partnership there. Uh, so I just think George Hodgson is pretty cheap. I think he's around that 300, just about 300K mark in classic. Uh, I probably won't want to start with him. I just want to see how they ease him. Brad Arthur may potentially just go... You know, you're playing 50 minutes again to start the season. We'll work your way in after these injuries. But definitely someone in uh, draft, I'm definitely going to draft. He may not be my first hooker. Um, or I might go something like a Josh Hodgson, Jacob Little, and go with that combo and just roll with it. Because I just do think that once you get past that premier tier, Josh Hodgson has the game that can really elevate, uh, depending on fitness, if you can get there. And the last guy on this list, Jeremy Marshall King, to me, he is a guy that you just want to have in your team. I think he's going to be the undisputed number nine uh, for the Dolphins. I think most of the attack will probably funnel through him. To me, he's just one of those guys that can, you know, get out of dummy half. He can be explosive, create line breaks, have support players running through and can give those assists. So I think Jeremy Marshall King, we saw the dogs, he really did become that you know, there was a time where him and Sione Katoa were sharing minutes. He kind of did step out of that shadow last year and was the unquestioned number one, number nine. So I think for me, that's a very good value pick. Again, it'll be late in the draft. But classic, I probably won't go near it yet. I think there's a chance that the Dolphins might start slow. That price might, might dip a bit. If it goes anywhere near uh, a sub 400, you know, as the Dolphins in the second half of the season potentially start getting some runs on the board, that might be a time to jump on Jerry Marshall King. Let's go to tier two. Another four guys in this group, eight to five. We've got Brandon Smith, Jaden Braley, Blake Braley, and Apisai Corusel. So with the cheese, I'm probably the lowest from what I've seen. I know a lot of guys are very high on the cheese this year. Obviously, he does lose his two RF in the duel, so it's only a hooker. But to me, I just want to see it. I want to see how they're going to distribute him. Is there any chance he plays a bit of lock if they want to give Radley some run and then bring on Connor Watson or Jake Turpin at nine? You know, is he going to be playing 80 minutes out of the gate? Um, you know, he's always talked about when you play lock, when he plays lock, he has to put on some extra muscle and mass to kind of be with the forwards. What does a really fit, I'm only playing number nine, Brandon Smith look like? I just want to see it. And again, He's playing with a couple of very dominant players in Tedesco, 
in Sam Walker, Luke Keery, Joey Manu. So those are guys that are going to want the ball. So they don't want Brendan Smith always taking runs. And obviously he was playing with the same kind of guys with Munster and Hughes down in Melbourne. But I think Trent Robertson will kind of make him buy into that. If the ball needs to go out, get it out. So he'll definitely have to acclimatize that. So I've got him below the two Braley boys because those guys are just lock you in for 50. You know where you're going to get. You're probably going to play very, very close to 80, if not 70 minutes. And again, your floor is 50. You're high. They might get an assist in the game. You can get up to an 80. So I think those two Braley guys are six and seven, Blake and Jaden, those guys are just very safe. Mid-round draft picks, you know, you're looking at probably around seven, eight, I'd say. And in terms of classic, you're probably not going to own any because, again, they're right around that 500K mark. But again, guys that you can just, you, you know you're going to be very reliable with them. They're not going to smash out centuries, potentially like a cheese could. Um, but they're also not going to, you know, get subbed off or move into the forwards and, you know, try and conserve energy. They're just going to play their number nine and hopefully get an assist or two. And the last guy, number five, Api Corusau. So obviously this is one, he's moving to the Tigers. He's got a beautiful forward pack to run with. This is, he obviously had great forward packs at the Panthers, but in terms of just talent on paper, this blows that one out of the water because you kind of look at the way the Panthers were structured. This is nearly as good as you're going to get if you kind of look at it. So you got filling into the Liam Martin role. You've got someone like an Isaiah Papali, you just kind of move forward in the kick arrow, you got Bateman in the Fisher Harris role, you got Clemmer. So it's all kind of there for them. So I think Coruscant, in terms of this playing style with these forwards, I think we'll have a lot of fun with it. I think a lot of little unders and runs out of dummy half, setting up his halves, I think is definitely on the cards. My whole question with the Tigers, my only question uh, as we go through the team previews is their outside back situation. I actually like everything on this team except the outside back situation. Um, but, you know, Tim Sheens, I've been very down on it all season. What can he do? He's going to have to bring the best out of Coruscant because in terms of an attacking option behind Adam Dewey, Coruscant is your next best option. So what does he do to bring it out of him and see where they can potentially get to this season. And that takes us to the top tier. Four guys in this group. The last three years, I think I've only ever had the two. Um, but this year, there's two guys I think that have definitely catapulted. So from four to one, we got Reed Marnie, Reese Robson, Damian Cook, Harry Grant. So with Reed Marnie, obviously similar to Appy, he is going to the tar- to the dogs. A slightly, let's not say less forward pack, because I think there's definitely some talent in this Bulldogs pack, but in terms of the half combination, he will need a gel now with Burton and Flanagan. I just think that there'll be a lot more running. I do think there'll be a lot more running. I think there'll be a lot more chance to to really try and show what attacking upside he has. I think in terms of defense, same as that Parramatta, they're going to have to find a way to limit his minutes in the middle, creating tackles or you know getting run over. I think that you know having guys like Luke Thompson. Having guys like Tavita Pengai, they're going to have to really protect Reed Marnie, try and get that first contact on the forwards to freshen him up. Because if he is fresh, late in a game situation, Burton and Reed Marnie around the ruck could be very, very dangerous. So I think Reed Marnie does catapult into that one. In terms of a draft pick, I probably still wouldn't touch until round three, definitely not in the first two rounds. But, you know, a, a mid to late round three pick on Reed Marnie, I, I think would be very, very suitable. But then we go up a tier. We go up to Reese Robson in this in this tier, and I just think that there's going to be a real discussion this year of 
who's going to be the number nine for New South Wales. Obviously, right now, it's going to be looking at Damien Cook and Api Corusau as the incumbents. But I think Reese Robson, similar to some of these Cowboys, I think that it's going to be a big season for Reese Robson. I think they're going to have to give him the thing to go, you're the 90 minute hooker. You know, if you're going to do, you know, maybe 70 minutes and put Cotter at nine for a little bit. But I just think this is going to be a huge, huge year. I think this Cowboys team is primed. They had their run last year. Todd Payton's got them going. And I think Reese Robson, there, there will be some discussion to go, is this guy playing Origin this year? I think it's going to be that good of a season. That's why I vaulted him up. I've got him nearly equal with Damian Cook at number two. Cookie, I've still got the edge. He's obviously got the pedigree, and he is someone who can turn his, you know, 80 average into a big century of 160. He's still got that in him. Reese Robson, you know, he's still got to get there. I don't think he's got that, you know, 200 game in him like a Damian Cook does have, but that might change this season. Damian Cook, you know, another season with this Rabbits team, I don't know how they're going to go. I'm going to go back and forth. You know, is Latrell and Cody Walker going to be able to come back in a form? Is Lachlan Ilias going to be, you know, better in another year? I just have questions, but I think the Cook and Robson, two to three, I think it's much closer now. So I think in terms of drafting and classic, I think there's actually not much to split between the two, and I might actually lean a slight Reese Robson just because younger, I think, will be in a better team. Uh, but right now, just a slight edge to Cookie just because of the the past performance. And then that goes to Harry Grant. With Harry Grant, it's can he stay on the park? He's got no number nine behind him. There's no Brandon Smith taking minutes. You might get a little bit of Tyron Wishart potentially off the bench, but this is his team. He's the number nine now. He's obviously got Munster, Hughes, Pappenhausen when he's back. He's got a forward pack. The props are still really, really good. I think if you've got guys like Welch, Nat, Nelson, and Kamakamika, those guys will roll forward. I think he's going to be in for a big season. I still think he's a first-round draft pick. I think in a in a classic situation, you will own him definitely. You may not do it from round one, uh, but you could definitely, you know, assess your team after the first month if there is some cash to be quickly cashed in after round four, five, six, bring Cook in and he could be your guy running through for the rest of the season. And that will do it, guys. That's the hookers. So it's a very interesting bunch. I think it's slightly deeper than the from than previous years. I think there is 12 genuine. You can start this guy in a draft league. I think in classic, there is definitely some value. And there are just some different ways to go. Two cheapies, two guns, a couple of mids. There's definitely ways you can do it. So let us know what you're going to do with your hooker situation. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. We'll hear from you soon. Cheers.